2: Tom Bernard Show with Tevin Pittman, Andy Brad Bernard,
1: Cassie Schrader.
2: We will
3: be right back, Our 3, Tom Bernard Show. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt then talk to them before they talk to
4: an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company, and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap.
3: Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. I can't talk over Michael singing. Sorry, I gotta talk now. <laughs> God, I love that song.
1: I love this album, Off the Wall. That was probably one of great my favorite.
3: It was a great album. Thriller was also a really good album.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: No doubt about it. Michael Jackson died nine years ago today, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
3: Amazing. Yep. And his father might die today before midnight.
1: I can see if there's any update.
2: Yeah. Is he
1: hanging Joe on by a
2: thread? Yo, Jackson. Yo, Jackson. yes. That's exactly right. Uh, let's see. Nope, nothing new. He has terminal cancer. I know that. What? Stage four pancreatic. So, yeah, he's oh, definitely dead. Oh,
3: he's definitely dying. There's no doubt about that. Nothing. Yeah, that, that pancreatic cancer, man. And stage four? Mm-hmm. Is he going to live through the day?
1: Oh, what did Paris Jackson say? Uh-oh. Oh something about see paris jackson debunks joe jackson's end of life message my grandfather did not tweet this so apparently somebody's (laughs) tweeting on oh man how cold
3: (laughs) is that you tweet for some guy who's dying of stage four pancreatic cancer
1: yeah it says on friday reports surfaced that the jackson family patriarch joe jackson had been hospitalized with terminal cancer That was followed over the weekend by a poignant message on the 89-year-old's Twitter feed that suggested that he is himself preparing for the end. But somebody, okay, here's the tweet. I have seen more sunsets than I have left to see. The sun rises when the time comes, and whether you like it or not, the sun sets whether the time comes. It doesn't sound like Joe Jackson. No, it does not.
3: I whooped the son's ass. <laughs> yeah. like but
4: Jim. he legitimately has a Twitter and he's eighty nine years old. That's impressive. That is me. impressive. Yeah,
1: so Paris, she goes, This is a beautiful tweet, though it upsets me to see whoever is in the charge of this account is taking advantage of it. My grandfather did not tweet this. I'm not sure if he's ever used this account.
3: So. I love that. <laughs> well I can tell by the writing it wasn't him that wrote it. <laughs> it's too sweet.
1: Yeah. Oh God, that's
3: terrible. There is no shortage of TV to choose from these days, whether it's catching up on the best shows of all time or the newest Netflix originals you might have missed. To learn what shows have the most hype from fans, Insider worked with Parrot Analytics, which compiles available global data on social media, blogging, pirating, and other factors to figure out the viewer demand for shows. Uh, Parrot assigned each series an expressions total. That reflects an average daily uh, audience demand from all countries from April 8th to June 6th, 2018, adjusted for each country's population. Why would they have to do that?
2: I guess because it's not about numbers. It's about how popular it is in terms of how much people like it. And it says "Keep uh, keep scrolling to see the 20 most popular TV shows right now.
3: But if I scroll down, it's a bunch of other news stories. Where's the list? the hell's that all about? Let me see if it's at the bottom of all the other news stories. I kind of doubt it. Yeah, I want to see the most popular TV shows. Where are they? Uh, I've only got about another inch of scrolling to do here, so... No, it's not down there. Why would they do that? I'm trying to find something to read on the air that's not about politics, and uh, I get burned. Why?
1: Well, here I got... Is, I got the twenty most popular TV shows of this I year think that's so the far. Same thing. It's
3: the same thing. Do you have the TV shows?
1: Well, it says Big Bang Theory sits high in the list so far, and then Peaky Blinders is number twenty. Oh, how, oh okay. Here we go. In
2: twenty eighteen? I've never heard of anyone talk about it this year.
1: Yeah, they're saying for twenty eighteen. So Peaky Blinders is number twenty. Let's see, Black the Blacklist number nineteen.
2: Great show. Love All right,
4: because it's show.
3: black. Yes, I knew no. it.
1: I knew it. The Grand, <laughs> the grand Tour, what's
3: which is that? A,
1: it's a probably an Amazon original because it oh, okay, it's on okay. Amazon. That's number right. eighteen. Mister Bean is number seventeen.
3: Mister Bean. I mean, I
1: love Mister <laughs> Bean. But,
3: yeah, but even, he doesn't have a TV show, does he? Does he? Uh,
1: oh, because they're starting to stream on Hulu and Amazon. Oh, okay. So the it's old kind one. of yes. It's the old one. Let's see, number 16 is Supernatural on the CW.
3: Oh, that's bad news for ABC, NBC, and CBS when the CW's kicking your
2: ass.
1: Supernatural's
2: <laughs> always had.
1: It has, very that's popular. true.
3: Yeah. That is true.
1: Number 15 is Shameless on Showtime. Mm-hmm.
2: Catherine loves that
3: show. I've
1: never watched it. I haven't either. Okay. Uh, number 14 is Star Trek Discovery on CBS.
3: Does anybody not want to live in a fantasy world? <laughs> is that possible?
1: Um, the number 13 is The Black Mirror on Netflix. Mm,
3: that's another, that one's okay. I, <laughs> yeah. I didn't like that. I, it's it's the same old thing all the time. And mm-hmm.
1: this one, this show has been talked in our home quite a bit because it's good for teenage girls. Riverdale is number Oh yeah, 12. Riverdale, yeah. Yeah, my uh, stepdaughter Pacey loves that it's show. It's about
3: Archie and Veronica, yep. isn't it? Mm-hmm. I thought so.
1: And then number 11 is La Casa de Papel,
3: or... Oh, that's, uh, <laughs> what's his name? Money
1: Heist. Netflix. I don't know.
3: Oh, what the who? Uh, Let's
1: see. Yeah, it's I've about my, it's my father's house.
3: This. It's It's yeah, it translates it's to my father's house. Yeah. Yep.
1: Number ten who is who the hell is in that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I know.
3: Some, I know the guy who's in it. I can't uh, remember. Casa de Papel is paper house. Paper. Oh, house? paper house. Well, mm-hmm. that, I, then I got the wrong show because his is the house of my father.
1: Yeah, and then they have it backslash yeah. money heist.
2: Oh, it's Will Farrell, That's who it is. Is it? Okay. Casa de Padre Casa de Padre. Casa yeah, that's mi what it padre. yeah, Casa de Mi Padre. That's Casa de Mi Padre. Yep. Yeah.
3: This that's show Will is Farrell, on? isn't it?
1: Mm-hmm. That doesn't make sense. Uh, I guess number ten is Prison Break on Fox. Prison think,
3: Break? I yeah, did it know. I thought it came back. Like
1: oh, they, yep, oh, they, they renewed took interest they... in prison break for two thousand eighteen. Okay. Mm-hmm. A new iteration. It says Number Ooh. nine is Arrow, which my uh yeah. husband and uh, his son, Linus, watched. They love that show together. So that's like their, their show. They sit down and watch it, and it's so cute. Does Linus <laughs> have a blanket? He did when he was 11. I
2: knew it. Have to. When yeah, did Linus they start like, doing things and not just having him do pull-ups while shirtless the entire time? <laughs> I know. Oh, well, Will Ferrell?
3: What? Oh, no, think anybody ever
1: guy,
3: wanted to uh, see Will Ferrell? In the Arrow? Did... Yeah, pulling oh, yeah.
1: yeah. pull CW is—I mean, the next one is the Flash on CW. Both Arrow oh, and the Flash. Amazing. Both on Netflix too, though. Yep. Uh, I actually, this is a show I actually like—is Lucifer on Fox. Oh yeah. I thought it was—I think it's a brilliant show. I don't know. I like it. Um, Grey's Anatomy still number God, six. That
3: is unbelievable.
1: The Big Bang Theory is number five.
3: Only number five. I yeah. thought it'd be number one.
1: Uh, number four is Vikings on the History Channel. Okay.
3: Really? Huh. Number
1: three is Walking Dead.
3: Walking Dead's huge. Yeah, Man, it is huge. You're absolutely number
1: right. Number two is Stranger Things on Netflix. That's
2: huge, too.
3: Huge. Can anybody
1: guess what the number one is?
2: American Idol, Dancing with the Stars. Uh, number one, I would guess, would be Game of Thrones. Yep. I knew really? it Game of Thrones. Yeah. People love that thing. I haven't heard mm. anyone talk about that either in forever. Yeah, oh. they
1: ha- it has like a following. Oh,
2: yeah. They're religious about... Like, it's yeah. either you watch Game of Thrones and
4: you
3: talk about it 24-7, or
2: you mm-hmm. could care less. Oh, couldn't yeah. couldn't
3: care less. I just, I tuned it in one time, like, everybody's banging their sister. like, yeah, yeah I to <laughs>
2: watch that. The first, like, many episodes were basically porn to get people, like... Yeah, to, where they were. They'd keep watching it. And then, you know, once they once it became a habit, then they dropped that and it became a genuine show.
1: Yeah, I've never it watched tricky. it. I've never had an interest to watch it.
3: Do you know do you ever notice that guys who write that it's not pornography, but it's leaning heavily toward pornography? All the guys who write that weigh like five hundred pounds. <laughs> what is that all about?
1: <laughs> oh God. I can't imagine that. Oh
3: Well, what's his name? R.R. Thompson or what's um, his name? Yeah,
1: I know what you yeah. You ever seen
3: his
2: picture? Yeah, you he's wore, not a yeah. He not wears small. a skipper hat. Okay. <laughs> Let's settle down there. He's a very large man. We got married
3: just recently, didn't he? Um I think, or last year he got married or something. What
2: the hell is his name?
3: Uh R. R. George R. R. Martin. George R. R. Martin. There you go. That's exactly right.
2: <laughs> so uh when did he get married? Um Shortly after he became rich, which is really weird. No! 2011. It's funny how that works. (laughs) He's been married for seven years already? God, I I remember when he got married, he's like,
3: that seemed like last year. Hmm. That was seven years ago. Mm -hmm. Unbelievable. Yeah, I know people that just will not miss an episode of Game of Thrones. Well, it's over
2: now, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I think for the season. Mm,
2: I thought thought it was completely
1: over. Oh, did they come It's
2: concluding with its eighth... Oh, next season will be the final season. Oh,
3: next season's the final season. Okay. But people will not miss an episode of that thing. Mm -hmm. Because, I don't know, it's like women's breasts and dragons or something. Isn't that what it is? Pretty much. I mean, it's like kind
1: of... They kind of gelled, you know, kind of the dark ages and medieval times with fantasy of you know dungeons and dragons and i don't know it's just too much for me
3: yeah it's it's not my cup of tea either i tried to watch a couple episodes i was like oh god well, I,
1: I mean people are hardcore I mean, oh yeah they have, oh yeah and it's big in cosplay too i mean mm-hmm. they have like they'll have viewing parties and and they all dress up in their costumes and they'll go to somebody's house and watch game of Thrones.
3: <laughs> if you come to my house dressed up <laughs> as anything i'm not <laughs> opening the door it's not gonna happen
4: I never understood that. The same with like movie premieres, when people dress up as a character from the movie to go watch the movie.
1: Although, like, <laughs> we're waiting. We can't wait for Kong versus Godzilla.
3: Oh, God. Because
1: Dave and I bought these you know footy pajama things that look oh, like animals and i go. i'm team kong and he's team godzilla so we will be going to that movie premiere in our costumes
3: do you guys think you'll ever mature i <laughs> no. think that'll ever happen
1: it's what i love about him <laughs> yeah. though. he's so silly sometimes no, he and we is. just I, like to
3: yeah i understand that
1: you know have fun like that
3: i remember remember when they used to do um uh, god what was the name of that show that they used to run midnight movies about all the time it was, a, oh God, I used to run at the Uptown Midnight Movie like almost every weekend. Um, a Rocky Horror Picture Show. Oh, oh, yeah, right, yeah. yeah. So I bring my buddy there from North <laughs> Minneapolis, because I'm, you know, I'm now in the record. I think I was working at Capitol Records. So I bring my buddy to see it. He goes, so why all these people got like umbrellas? I said, apparently it starts raining. He goes, what, what do you mean? Well, there are other people that have squirt guns, and they squirt them up in the air so people put up the umbrella so they won't get wet. And then they also throw something at each other. And I don't know what it is, but it's in the movie. <laughs> so when they do it on the screen, they do it in the audience. The movie's about Hold to on. start.
4: Yeah. What? Yeah! They throw... I wish somebody would throw something to me. See, in the that's exactly what
3: my friend, another black man, by the way, Kevin. He literally goes, Tommy, hold on a second. He stands up, he turns around and he says, any you people squirt me or hit me with anything, I'm going to whoop your ass.
2: That's exactly what you just
3: said. That's hilarious. Yeah, the, he had the same exact reaction. No, nope. do not spray me, and do not throw things at me. <laughs> That's wonderful. Tevin has the exact same reaction as like forty years ago. <laughs> and what are they?
4: What I've never seen the full Rocky Horror, whatever. And what, what are they throwing at
3: people? Would you look up and see what it is that they do? Because I know that they squirt squirt guns in the air, and people mm. have umbrellas, and then they're uh, it's like a pillow fight or something. I don't okay. know what the hell it is. Andy's gonna check it out for us. Rocky Horror Picture Show. What people in the theaters do. Yeah, it used to be at the Uptown. Like I think it was every Friday night or Saturday night.
2: Um. At midnight. What do you got? This is an audio. Just, yeah, I'm just gonna. <laughs> I'm just gonna let it go into silence so you can learn a lesson. <laughs> oh, I can learn a lesson. Well, let this be a uh, lesson to you. Toilet paper and toast. Toast. They're going to hit you with toilet paper toast, Evan. This is going to be wonderful. I knew they threw
3: something at each other, but I couldn't remember what it was.
2: Toast? That's stupid because someone proposes a toast at dinner, so you throw toast. So you it's throw like, toast what? at people.
3: That's You're not stupid. supposed to bring food into a movie right. theater, no, yeah. people. <laughs> That's, why, where did they come up with this stuff? Boredom. It makes yeah. Apparently, it is boredom. I think you're absolutely. I want to
4: know who the who was the first person to throw toast in the
2: theater, like to try and get it to catch on. <laughs>
3: and why I the toilet? He said toast. Yep. What is it? Why the toilet paper?
2: Because someone in the movie says, Great Scott, and Scott is a brand of toilet paper.
3: Oh my God. Are you talking <laughs> yeah. about stretching.
2: Yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's a yeah, little bit of stretch. Yeah, it's too, yeah. So, yeah, my friend. Trying too hard to be quirky. Throw something at me and
3: you squirt me, I'm going to whoop your ass. <laughs> he said it to the whole theater, too. He's like, This is for all of you. <laughs> it was fantastic. It's just magnificent. And I might have done it with him, but <laughs> I didn't bring that part up. I saying,
4: did did he, Anybody throw stuff at him? Oh no, 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 no!
3: no. This—he was a big fella. You don't want to be throwing anything at him.
1: He was very imposing.
3: Ah, uh, yes, he was an imposing <laughs> figure. But uh, I I kind of supported him, saying, "Whoop your ass!" I'm just <laughs> telling you, I wouldn't do it if I were you. And he, he said something, like, "Man, you, you, you people got those hippies." <laughs> what? <laughs> What, you people, you mean white people? Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, you people got those hippies. Okay, thank you. We'll be right back. Two minutes, Tom Bernard Show. Just like all of you, I had been hearing about My Pillow and was skeptical that it was as great as everyone says. Well, I received my first My Pillow and I love it. It's very comfortable, stays in that same exact position all night. Fantastic. Mike Lindell, the inventor of My Pillow, has a very special offer for Tom Bernard Show listeners. My Pillow is offering more than 50% off his four pack special It's Tom telling you how easy it's been for me to lose weight on the Nutramost Weight Loss Plan, and now you can find out how to have success losing weight at Neutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth, just like me, at their free informational dinner on Monday, July twenty third at six PM at Jakes in Plymouth. Those unwanted pounds will melt away really fast. I've lost over sixty-five pounds at Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth. After being educated on clean eating, finding out what foods my body prefers, and I now know the foods that are weight gain triggers. As I've said over and over again, the Nutrimost Weight Loss Plan is so easy, and they guarantee that you lose 20 pounds or more in just 40 days. There's no exercise, shots, drugs, prepackaged food, and I'm never hungry. Nutrimost Twin Cities in Plymouth has helped me change my life, and I know they can help you, too. Call now to register for the Nutramost Twin Cities in Plymouth dinner on July 23rd. To register, call 763-333-7337. That's 763-333-7337.
2: Ooh, sounds like a mystery to me. Sounds like Diablo. Is it El Diablo? This mm-hmm. uh, Thriller. There we, no, anyway, there
4: we
3: go. Oh, there you go. Smooth Criminal. Smooth yep. Criminal. Loved Michael Jackson. I do
1: too.
3: Catherine and I were in Hollywood when the day Thriller was released, and I'll never forget it, 1982. That thing came. Out. I was like, "My God, that thing's gonna be huge." You could tell the first time you heard it, it's like, "That's gonna be huge," and it was. It's still the big, biggest-selling album of all time, isn't it? Uh and no. I mean, oh, it's not. I think the Eagles' Greatest Hits is. What? And, and Michael Jackson. He's kind of the first
4: artist to do all of the kind of like out there sound effects, like with his oh, voice yeah. and not oh, yeah. saying any
1: words. E- just, e- e- <laughs> e- <laughs> well, well a lot of the stuff. beats that. Oh he- I no,
2: you're. Well, no, yeah, you're right. It has become. The greatest selling album of all time. Yes. It is a great album. There no, you can't get it
1: <clears throat> Yeah, but like a lot of the beats that he came up with for a song, he originally came up with it in his head, and he would mouth the beat like a beatbox. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he would do that out of nowhere. I mean, he was an incredible beatboxer. It was funny, though, because when I was a kid, uh, I had to do a showcase, and I, I was a figure skater, mm-hmm. and I chose to do Thriller. So I had to learn the entire Thriller You know, the dance that they do on figure skates. That is not easy, but I did it.
3: I I suppose not. Yeah. By the way, if you ever say incredible beatboxer again, you're fired.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what they're called.
3: Uh, She's an incredible beatboxer.
1: (laughs) What the hell? That's what they're called. They they call it beatboxing.
3: They are. A lot of people have been talking to me on the street about this because we played it on the KQ Morning Show a couple of times, but uh, Dana and Katie Harms told us about this. I had never even heard of it. Because I don't watch Saturday Night Live because it's way too political. It's all Mm -hmm. Kate McKinnon bitching about politics because she thinks she's the next Tina Fey who got huge by bitching about politics. I mean, just that's how it worked. This is a bit called, and thank you for requesting it, by the way. People on the street going, would you play it on a podcast? So I said, yeah, we'll get it done. So this is a bit from last year on Saturday Night Live. If they did this all the time, I would watch the show every week. -hmm. If they did this is very funny. And you gotta pay attention to every word because it's really (laughs) funny. This is called Alexa Silver or
5: Alexa for Old People. (laughs) The new Amazon Echo has everyone asking Alexa for help. Alexa, what time is it? What the hell is wrong with this blasted thing? (laughs) Amanda. (laughs) But the latest technology isn't always easy to use for people of a certain age. These kids done bought me a busted machine again. Odessa! (laughs) That's why Amazon partnered with AARP to present the new Amazon Echo Silver, the only smart speaker device designed specifically to be used by the greatest generation. It's super loud and responds to any name even remotely close to Alexa (laughs) so they can find out the weather. Allegra. What is the weather outside? It
0: is 74 degrees and sunny. Huh? It is 74 degrees and sunny. Where? Outside. <laughs> what about it? The temperature outside is 74 degrees and sunny. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> sports. Clarissa, Clarissa, how many did old satchel strike out last night? Satchel Paige died in <laughs> 1982. How many did he get? Satchel Paige is dead. In what now? Died. Who did? Satchel Paige. Huh?
5: I don't know about that. <laughs> Even local news and pop culture. Manita, what them <laughs> boys are them boys up to across the street?
0: They
1: are just playing. They what now? They are just playing. You say they just playing now? Yes, they are just playing. I
5: don't know about that. here <laughs> it to smart devices like your thermostat.
0: Alessandra, turn the heat up. The room is already 100 degrees. <laughs> are you
3: trying to kill me, Alessandra?
5: THE NEW AMAZON ECHO SILVER PLAYS ALL THE MUSIC THEY LOVED WHEN THEY WERE YOUNG.
0: ANGELA, PLAY BLACK JAZZ. PLAYING, UH, JAZZ.
5: (laughs) (laughs) IT ALSO HAS A QUICK SCAN FEATURE TO HELP THEM FIND THINGS.
2: EMILIA, WHERE DID I PUT THE PHONE?
5: (sighs) The phone is in your right hand. (laughs) And it has an "Uh uh-huh feature for long, rambling stories. So then I gave him $5, and he said I only gave him $1. Uh Uh-huh. I said, I (laughs) know I gave you a five. Uh Uh-huh. Because I only had a five and a one on me. Uh-huh. And this Uh is the $1 right here. Uh Uh-huh. So, I mean, you tell me who's crazy. Amazon Echo Silver. Get yours today. I said get yours today. To order Amazon Echo Silver, send a check or money order to Amazon.com right now.
3: (laughs) I got to tell you one thing about that bit. When he says, I only had two bills on me, and he said I only gave him a dollar, but you could clearly see I only got $1 left, and it's a $5 bill.
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> now, why doesn't
3: Saturday Night Live do that?
2: Because it's difficult to write actual comedy. Oh, God. I But think it's thing not is... difficult to write political pandering. No, that's yeah. true.
3: But that is a funny bit, and I would have never known about it except for the Harms. They they caught it. I just, and I love, <laughs> he goes Odessa. Yeah, oh, that's Dessa. really <laughs> close to Alexa. It's <laughs> really close, Yeah, I was man.
1: watching the list of names, like Alfonso. Alfonso. <laughs> Alfonso. What time is it?
4: God, I, yeah, I, but that is that is very unlike SNL sketches nowadays. Like well, I remember back in the day when it was like the Will Ferrells and they had like the cowbell bit and that all those. That was very like, funny. Those mm-hmm. are that's like a throwback of what they used to do. Oh,
3: what's his name? The the the, the guy that started in it. The one the, oh
4: Keenan Thompson. Yeah. Is that his name? Mm-hmm. Keenan Thompson. Yeah, yeah
3: that's a, he wrote that bit. Yeah. That's From why Keenan and Kel.
1: and yep. Leslie.
3: God, what's her name? <clears throat> uh, God. Leslie Stahl. No, that's
1: not it. What is her It's like Leslie somebody. She was in the reboot of the Ghostbusters movies. you talking which... about Leslie Jones? Is that her last like name? Like the big black girl? Yeah. Yeah, Leslie the Jones. One that... yeah, yeah, Leslie
3: Jones, yeah. I
1: think she's hilarious. Yeah. I like her.
3: I love those. She did commercials for somebody. It was
1: like, insurance, I think. Why don't you give me your number? <laughs>
3: <laughs> the guy's like, oh, God. He's like, afraid he's going to his ass kicked. It's really funny. But, yeah, I, I wish we could get back to that because that – and I'm surprised they didn't get people bitching them. What are you picking on? Oh, we're we making fun of old people. I'm like, come on, man.
4: Yeah, the, people always say that's – pull out like the ageism or whatever else they want to complain about.
3: Oh, God. It's not ageism. It, first of all, it's the truth. Andy, you remember at the end of my mother's life, we'd go over to visit her, and it was about 400 degrees in her apartment. It was extremely <laughs> hot, oh, yeah. God. I was like – it's really hot in here. Mom, she goes. Oh, I, I got to chill. Yeah. <laughs> it's yep. like 120 in here.
2: Apparently, she needed it real hot in there. We needed it really, really hot in there. But yeah, if it's true, let's go with it.
3: You mm. know, it's funny. That's why it's funny because it's true.
4: Right. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, too, it's it's a sketch. It's a joke. Like yes. we need to be able to disconnect from the real world and laugh at ourselves a
2: little bit. Well, not to mention, how young is the youngest member of the Greatest Generation? Not young. That's for sure. mm. That
3: goes through, what, 19... So it's 1946 to 1959, maybe, something like that?
2: Uh, let's see. Mid-20s. Mid-20s? Birth years, mid-20s. So, yeah, the youngest ones would be like Wait 90. So what is, No, 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 no. The greatest generation...
3: Oh, that's right. The greatest generation was World War II. That's right.
2: Yep. Yep.
3: You're right. I thought it was the generation after that, but no, the greatest generation. That's
2: the silent generation that no one cares about. That's
3: my generation. That's great. No, no. <laughs> no. <But> nobody <laughs> gives a rat's ass about you, Dad. Don't You're a right. baby boomer. Oh, I'm a bit. What's the silent generation?
2: Uh, That's the 20s to the 40s.
3: Yeah, you never hear about them, ever. No.
2: Yeah, because, like, you know, what did they, you yeah, know, nothing really happened. No, uh, It was between the World Wars, that's true. <clears throat> yeah. I still don't
3: understand why nobody got after France because after world war 1 they defeated the germans but france couldn't let it go and kept grinding its heel into germany's face so finally germany fought back and that's what started world war 2 why did they let that happen i will never understand that it's like hey france could you back off cuz you're going to surrender anyway well that's probably why yeah.
2: we didn't come help for so long so like no, you got yourself into this help deal for, with it
3: for most of that time that's very very true we did not help and there was a reason we did not help is because you know you you, you should make your bed. You should go lie in it.
1: Yeah, because the conflict, what, started in 1938? we didn't 39, end, yeah. Is it 39? It might, yeah.
3: be, might be 38, though. Because we
1: didn't be. enter the war until after Pearl Harbor, and that was in 1941. So
2: Exactly. Why did Japan attack us? That was the dumbest thing. That was a really bad
1: idea, uh, because did, guess who
2: got their ass
3: bombed? <laughs> Atomic bomb. Well, yeah.
1: well it was something about, because they were trying, to uh, I think Germany was trying to get Japan to a become an alliance with them and yeah. you said that if japan becomes oh, you know allies to germany then we were going to cut off their oil supply so oh
3: that's right that's yeah, exactly so right.
1: that's why they decided to
2: well but still they have to have involved. known they couldn't have won there's right. just no way it's yeah well and then too play. wasn't it, like because they wanted hawaii
4: because then there was like halfway yeah to mm-hmm. get to the u.s it was like a docking station, I guess, for them if they were to take yeah. over Hawaii. If
1: you want to watch a good series, The Man in the High Castle, it's a very dark,
2: dark series,
1: but what it is, is
2: If the Axis had won?
1: If if Japan allied with Germany, and they actually won World War Two, they show a map of the United States, half is occupied by <coughs> Germany, the other, the, the West Coast is all Japan, mm-hmm. and how we have to live our lives between the two countries it's it was it's kind of a neat
2: it is a good show
1: it's it's very dark though i mean it's
2: imperial japan was a horrible place
1: yeah it's there's no humor in it it was very (laughs) much a
2: like you know serve your country or die kind of place it was yeah like even worse than nazi germany i would say did you guys
3: ever see the curb your enthusiasm episode where the guy's father was a uh, kamikaze pilot Mm -hmm. and now he's in an old folks home (laughs) and larry david goes what do you mean he was a kamikaze why is he still alive? <laughs> Those kamikazes just crash their planes right into wherever they wanted to hit, and they blow up and he'd die. Why is your father still alive? You know why? Because he wasn't really a kamikaze pilot. He's lying to you. <laughs> so at the very end of the episode, the guy's coming after him in a wheelchair. He's going to run Larry David over.
2: It was fantastic. Larry. Carla Fegan is on the phone. Carl's ready to go. Mm-hmm.
3: Magnificent. Put on.
0: Hi, Tom. How are you?
3: Marvelous. How are you?
0: I'm doing wonderfully. I was listening to your show this afternoon. And it's a hoot.
3: <laughs> oh, thank you. That's very kind of you. That's, that's very kind of you. <clears throat> Carla Fegan, is F-E-A-G-A-N. The book is called A Life Worth Living, The Journey of an Authentic Soul. What do you mean by authentic soul?
0: Well, everyone has authenticity to them, and it's just becoming who you are um, and taking the mask off. Because as we're born and as we live throughout life, people say that we're supposed to do things culture says, society says, our family says. And so we end up putting a little bit of a mask on to present ourselves as how we think other people should be. And I think for me, becoming authentic is just to take that mask away. And I am who I am and you like me or leave me. I'm not going (laughs) to change.
3: How do you you know you're being authentic, though? Because you might be Uh, hoodwinking yourself, right?
0: Well, you know what? There are some times that I am hoodwinking a little bit. um, And that's most of the time where I have to be an extrovert because normally I'm an introvert. Oh,
3: yeah. I understand. Yeah.
0: And so even when, but I've learned so many throughout my life that even when I'm an extrovert, it's still the true me that's coming out. Because uh, I don't believe in lying or cheating or saying anything that's not, I'm just happy and truly authentic within myself, if that makes sense.
3: I have to read this paragraph, then I have a question for you afterward, okay? Mm-hmm. The recent suicide deaths of Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain shocked the nation and calls and texts to crisis hotlines spiked dramatically. Carla Feagan fears an increase in copycat suicide, citing the rise in deaths after Robin Williams' suicide in 2014. Feagan says, the time is now for people to release their shame, become vulnerable, and speak openly and publicly. Um... Do you think also, yes, Robin Williams committed suicide, then Kate Spade, then Anthony Bourdain, but do you think this constant barrage of hatred on Twitter and Facebook is is contributing to this too?
0: Obviously, 100%. Ever since the computers came around and the Internet and Twitter, people are allowed to say and do whatever they want to. And then, and so it, the all the negativi- negativity, I believe that everyone is energy, and energy is all around us, mm-hmm. and everyone can feel the negativity, which of course is going to be able to affect different people different ways
3: but uh, uh, there 's got to be some study going on or whatever how many people are so affected by tweets or Facebook postings that they do commit suicide because they get bullied constantly. I know that there are grade school children and high school children that have killed themselves because of Twitter and Facebook. I, I just don't understand why people are allowed just, here's free reign, you say whatever you wish. And you don't even have to stand up and say your real name. You can go by some fake name. It, I don't know, why do we allow that?
0: Well, I think it's an epidemic in culture and society. Um And because of the way that we've changed in regards to raising our children, we're a lot more hands-off, and I'm not saying hands-on is the right way to be, but um, children have, we're teaching our children to say and to be and to do whatever they want, which is an awesome thing, but there still are limits. And I think we went from one end of the pendulum which is absolutely nothing, to the other end, which is absolutely everything. And now we have to swing back down and find a balance between the two. And I think that's why we're seeing a lot of the, you know, hate tweets and the bullying. But the depression and the suicide, I mean, the Twitter and the Facebook are the tipping points. It's the, yeah. the straw that broke the, camel back, back, the camel's back. It's a lot more before that that we really have to consider what's going on.
3: I need to take just about a two minute break and we'll be right back with, with you, okay, Carla?
0: Yeah, definitely.
3: Carla Fegan right back with us. Couple of minutes, Tom Bernard Show. Hi, this is Tom. If you spend any time at the lake, you can relate to the pure joy of hanging out on the dock. You, family, friends, and the calm of the water. If this sounds like heaven, You're going to want a Flow Dock. Flow Docks are rock solid with double bracing to eliminate side-to-side sway. And get this, you could install, level, and remove your Flow Dock without even getting into the water. You see, Flow's passion to invent a better way to make life easier comes through in every product they make. Right down to Flow boat lifts that are quieter, faster, and effortless to install and use. Are you starting to see a pattern here? Flow is about making things easy, meaning you have more time to enjoy being at the lake isn't that why you go there in the first place see for yourself why they say they've been perfecting leisure time since 1983. call or visit Flo's newest dealer in Chanhazen. lakeshore equipment 952-474-DOC or LakeshoreEquipment.com. of course flow docks and lifts a better way i remember when my older brother came home from vietnam and how proud i was to be seen with him in uniform i'm a huge supporter of our military men and women and always have been I've also got a soft spot for women and children. Lincoln said in his second inaugural speech that we should take care of the wounded and care for the widows and orphans. That's exactly what the Gold Star Ride Foundation does. This summer, the Gold Star Ride Foundation will travel across the country visiting Gold Star families on an ambitious adventure to help those families and remind them they are not forgotten. I made a commitment to help this organization, just like Weston Choppers, Northlight Color, and Print Media Minnesota, and you should, too. It's pretty easy to do. Just visit www.goldstarride.org and click the Donate button. Many of my listeners already have, and that's great, but let's not forget, we're all in this together. www.goldstarride.org. Today's a good day to do it. Be proud of our veterans and their families. Make a contribution today.
5: I'm gonna make a change more once in my
3: life
2: Don't you sing like did you Yeah <laughs> <laughs> I wish
3: I wish I Little like too a much
2: of a bravado
5: for my yes yeah, I
3: understand but Michael Jackson died nine years ago today, as a matter of fact. And now they're thinking his father might die sometime today. So Mm -hmm. that would be quite the coincidence. Our very special guest, Carla Feagan, with us. Uh, We're talking about her book. We all have baggage that we carry around. This baggage may come from ingrained beliefs about oneself or past traumatic experiences. No matter where our baggage comes from or why it's there, our past experiences tend to show their presence when least expected or wanted. The good thing is that we can uh, all let that baggage go so it does not affect us in our everyday lives. So Carla, I, I'd like to hand it back over to you because you know Carla talks about how her belief system was ingrained at an early age and how traumatic experiences solidified those beliefs what's that all what's that all about
0: Well, um at the age of nine, I was actually emotionally and uh <laughs> emotionally, physically and sexually abused oh God at nine uh, which, which yeah, which led oh. to depression, anxiety, and suicide attempts, like my first suicide attempt was at the age of nine. Ooh. And so I held those secrets within me, and and there wasn't a lot of help for me back then. I'm, I'm, I'll, yeah. I'll tell you, my, I'm 53 now, and back then there wasn't any help for anyone. Now it's like there's so much better. There's suicide hotlines, there's child sexual abuse people, and there's a lot of help now. But back then it was all you kept your secrets hidden. And so, and for the first 29 years, I was walking around not knowing that my trauma and my ingrained beliefs were making my decisions for me, which obviously some of them were not really great decisions. Yeah. And so, uh, it actually came to the, having the birth of my daughter at 29 years old, which threw me into postpartum depression and allowed a volcano of all of those feelings that had been pushed down all those years to erupt. But that was the best thing that ever happened to me, and yeah. the reason why is because I got help. I went to see doctors and psychiatrists, I was going to say physiotherapists, but they've got nothing to do with that, um, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and it was the first time that my voice actually got heard, and by, being a, by allowing myself to talk about what happened, started releasing some of the shame and it allowed me to start talking to my friends and when I start talking to my friends, I'm hearing their stories and it's such a, I I truly believe silence kills. Not being able to say anything about what happens Mm -hmm. is detrimental by being able to vocalize and have an empathetic ear or an understanding ear or just an ear. To allow everything to come out is truly um, beneficial for anyone that's gone through anything traumatic.
3: You know, it's amazing that you bring that up, Carla, because I, uh, since the Hashtag Me to movement started, I have had 11 women tell me they were raped because yeah. they, they trust me, I guess, is the, the, the reason. Uh, but it, it shocked me how many women are raped in this in, – well, around the world, I'm sure, but in this country – I am shocked that 11 women that I know were raped. It's amazing.
0: Yeah. And the Me Too movement was brilliant because it allowed people to say, and they could even say anonymously, like the Time Magazine uh, mm-hmm. Women of the Year, where all of those Me Too victims and the one still just showed her arm because she still felt the shame and she still yeah. felt like she couldn't show her entire self, but even just having that arm in there is very, very powerful for the person who's gone through that trauma, because it's coming out of it, yeah. and it's saying, well, me too, I'm releasing my shame. I'm becoming vulnerable, and I'm allowing others to listen to me and end up healing me by listening.
3: Carla, have they ever figured out, are, are they ever going to figure out why people sexually assault little children. I don't understand what your brain has to go through for you get to that point. It doesn't make any sense to me.
0: I have not heard of any studies that 100% say why that happens. And for for me it was an uncle.
3: Yeah, it's and always a family I, member, isn't it?
0: Yeah. No, well, I think sorry. most of the time, yes. yeah, it's usually someone that you know.
3: Mostly uh God. I just yeah. it, it makes no sense. To most people I'm sure it does it's never made any sense to me. Why would you do that? what's the great joy in abusing a child
0: Well, I don't think that they think of it that way no I mean no and and it's really really hard to say it's it's um yeah, it's it's something that's ingrained. I think it maybe it comes genetically or there's something going on. Who knows? I, I think it's something that they're born with. I don't think all of a sudden yeah. you wake up and it's like all of a sudden you want it's usually having that propensity to want it all along. It's kind of interesting. And then yeah, and then not knowing that it's wrong, or maybe mm-hmm. knowing that it's wrong, but having that need so bad that you do it anyway.
3: Mhm. I get yeah I, it has to be something I can't comprehend. I will tell you that how you I don't understand the whole thing about uh and this is a different topic, but it's in the same vein for me because I'll never understand why men physically abuse their wives or girlfriends. I just don't why, what's the great joy in that you're much stronger, much bigger than she is. What's the great joy in harming her? I don't get that.
0: Well, yeah, that's actually one of the experiences uh, that I had. Well, right, I was completely. Right. No, yeah, I know.
3: It's unbelievable. <laughs>
0: hey. Oh, yeah. It's, um, and actually, I, I ended up going to a house for abused women. And they went through, and as when you're there, you have to go through the classes. You have to learn the cycle of abuse. Because not only is it, and it's not just the physical abuse, it's the emotional abuse that hurts more. Because why on earth would any woman want to go back to a man like that? And yet mm-hmm. they do again mm-hmm. and again and again. And that's the emotional abuse that comes into play.
3: So it's just, it, does it get... Little by little, does it get worse and worse and worse till finally the woman ends up in the hospital? Is that how this whole thing, maybe he shoves her the first time? And I don't know. I, I don't I don't know how that whole thing works, because I tell you something, Carla, I have absolute 100% proof that I've never abused my wife, and that proof is I'm still alive. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> don't ever fall asleep, Tom. That's all i got to tell you. Yeah, I, she would not, there's no way she'd put up with that. No
0: way. No, and, and you th- you know I think a lot of women don't go into a marriage knowing or go into a relationship knowing it's an abusive relationship. At least I didn't, uh-huh. and it does. It starts very very slowly, and it's all about and it starts with the emotional abuse. It's like yeah. so you did something wrong, and so now you're emotionally you know told off, and then it goes from emotionally told off to something else, and then it's a complete cycle. And then after they've had their um, uh, their rage then it oh my gosh, I'm so sorry and yeah. it's the honeymoon stage again and it's the wine and it's the flowers And it's the gifts until they get around to you know, something else that triggers them and it's all about being triggered And so I think a lot of people, you know, um, a lot of times sadly enough abused people become the abusers
3: Yeah, oh yeah, I, I was, gonna, that was my next question because in in my neighborhood where I grew up a lot of the fathers beat their children and I guess that the children somehow take it that, well, that's the right thing to do. There was a guy in our neighborhood. He was such a jerk, Carla, that when he punished his children by beating them, it wasn't enough that he that he beat them in the house. He would drag them into the middle of the street and beat them so everybody could watch him beating his children. Yeah. I mean, it's unbelievable. I, I remember how I literally wanted to throw up because I was a, you know, a little boy when I first saw him do it. And I thought... I almost threw up. It's like, what are you doing? Good. So it's not enough to beat me, but you have to humiliate me, too.
0: At the same time, exactly. Oh, and God. luckily enough, I mean, there's more laws. There's more people that are not willing to stand up for it, and there's more people that are willing to stand up for the child. So now we're seeing a lot more um, of society and culture come, come together because it's a lot— more known however we still have all those people who have that trauma that's happened to them in the beginning that they need to get help too and they need to be able to understand what they're doing and understand when they're getting triggered and stop those triggers from happening
3: so how does a nine-year-old go about uh, you said you attempted suicide the first time you were nine years old how how does a nine-year-old even approach take killing themselves
0: you know, and that's as I was writing my story, it was really, truly cathartic because as I got to that and it was early on in the book, <laughs> as I got to that part, I'm going, you know, how can a nine year old get to that point? Mm. I, I I did a noose in my closet and I didn't know how or why oh, Okay. Um, it was just and I think for me and I've realized because I've there's been a lot of things if I get anxious if I get triggered then it's a tightening and a restriction of the throat which is also an inability to being able to speak or talk God, so amazing. it was it's all metaphorically there you know you're hanging yourself because you can't speak and you can't get the words out because there's nobody to listen
3: so how did you know at nine years old that putting a rope around your neck and, and dropping down would kill you Have you seen it in movies or something
0: I must have. You know yeah. what? In all honesty, I do, I do not remember. And it, it, it perplexes me to this day why I would have even gone there or right. thought about that. Yeah. As I was getting older, I mean, with, you know, taking Tylenol and that, you've already heard about stuff like that. But right. You're, you're right. I'm, uh, uh, I'm just as perplexed as, it, as you are. But it was there.
3: Well, thank God you weren't very good at hanging yourself. That's the good news.
0: I know, and you know what? And the thing is, the reason why I wrote this book is so that others can know, others who are on this path, maybe they don't have to wait 29 years. Maybe they yeah. can go and get help sooner. And maybe that by reading my story that they can understand that they can end up leading a normal, happy life in positivity and power and bliss, and that they don't have to let that trauma hang around with them and you know, be a part of their everyday lives.
3: Yeah, thank God it, it, it wasn't... Um it's still not like it was when i was a child because there was a lot of that stuff going on with guys in my neighborhood well first of all half the guys in my neighborhood ended up in prison so what does that tell you you know not uh not straight ahead thinkers but there was a lot of child abuse and a lot of spousal abuse and the whole thing and it was all kind of like uh you know it's kind of looked the other way because i don't you know i don't want to get involved in their marriage it was kind of like that deal
0: Exactly. Well, actually, and that's really funny because when I was, uh, when I finally left my ex-husband, he was, um, we were having a fight in the bedroom and he was strangling me and beating me and I was yelling for help. And we had people in the basement, living in the basement. And I found out a couple of days ago that they could hear what was going on. And rather than doing anything, they were praying for me that I would be okay. I actually did eventually, obviously, get out. I, I left in a dress, and it was in the middle of winter with no shoes and no coat, and I ran to find a phone to go and call a friend. And I never got back together with him, but yeah. Luckily enough, I think it's it's a much more public, uh, it's much more out in the open. People aren't as afraid to do anything about it.
3: Yeah, I suppose it so, is true. Is he still uh, around? Do you know where he is?
0: No, I don't. Uh, actually, quite a few years later, I saw him in a local newspaper up in Edmonton, but I haven't had any conversations mm. with him or anything, so no.
3: We knew, you were. by the way, you were from Canada because you said again and again and again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't say A once, did I?
3: No, no, you did A. How you doing, A? Uh, yeah, I, I have a... I love Canadians. We go to Canada pretty much. We haven't gone. We didn't go last year, but pretty much every year my wife and I travel up to the, uh, the Banff and Lake Louise area. It's, we think it's the most beautiful place on earth.
0: It is. It's gorgeous. My daughter actually lives in Calgary, and she goes oh, rock yeah. climbing in, in Banff all the time. Oh, so. it's just
3: fantastic. Really, really great stuff. Uh, well, if you do track down your husband and you want me to beat the hell out of him before you just give me a call, <laughs> I got no problem with that at all.
0: I believe in karma, and if something hasn't already happened, it's going to. So I'm okay. I don't have to worry about that.
3: A Life Worth Living, (laughs) The Journey of an Authentic Soul, Carla Feagan. It's F-E-A-G-A-N, and the book is available everywhere, Carla.
0: Yes, it is online everywhere.
3: Thank you for saying such nice things about the show, and thank you for listening. And I appreciate your time today. I think just talking about it is a great thing because it, it brings attention, and I like that.
0: Yeah, thank you so much for having me on this show. And I love the Rocky Horror thing. I haven't heard anyone mention
3: Rocky <laughs> Horror in ages. I used to go to those. <laughs> oh, you used to go to the the Midnight movies?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, Road me Toast too. And-
3: uh. <laughs> honest to God. Carl. honest to God, this guy, he was a, he, he, a very large black man, and he, we were about, I don't know, 25 years old or something like that. And he just stood up and said, are you throwing anything at me? I'm going to whoop your ass. <laughs> it was hilarious, uh, Carla. Um,
0: yeah, because that's why people go. Yeah, it is, throw. so they can
3: throw yeah. stuff at people. Carla, thanks for your time today. Wonderful talking to you.
0: Yeah, thanks so much. You have a great rest of your day.
3: You too. Carla Feagan, ladies and gentlemen, a life worth living the journey of an authentic soul. You know, my mother and father didn't slug it out at a, like ever so, that, that wasn't something that I had to endure as a child. But I got to imagine watching that stuff happening as a little kid. You got to be going, what the hell is this all about? Yeah. I would think, anyway. In any case, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening today. I had a great time. Michael Bryan stopped by. Catherine, you know, actually stopped by for like an hour. So, you know, it was really <laughs> great. It was nice of her to come. But we will talk to you tomorrow. Tom Bernard Show.